0: Through the course of my physical fitness journey, you know, I was taught that workouts should suck, right? And be tough and be hard. That works, but maybe you should mix it up, right? Do some stuff that you really enjoy and also with some things that are uncomfortable so you can kind of get that growth. That's probably going to be the best routine that's going to keep you working out.
1: Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wita L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 64. Today, I have another return guest, Dominique King, and today she has her husband, Ken, along as well. Please listen to our prior episode. Lean In with the Kings is a platform focused on marriage, family, and fitness. Grow Up While is about the experience of others from a range of physical fitness, marriage, family, mental health, and individual growth. Dominique and Ken's goal is to reach people who are looking for a platform that deals with everyday issues of marriage, family, relationships, fitness, while holding on to their individual growth. They created these platforms to share experiences, advice, while offering support, a shoulder, and an ear. This is their passion. And this is how their blog and platforms came to life. Ken never was a runner, per se. He did run. He's very athletic. And his training for his other athletic passions, he did run. But it never was a primary focus. He now runs with Dominique because it is a passion of hers and he wanted to spend more time with her. So you can always catch them on Instagram for their couple run Friday. Welcome both Dominique and Ken to the show. Well, thanks for joining me today.
0: Thanks for having us.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah. I have a pleasure. I have the duo today. So you're my second uh, return guest. So where did you two meet? Oh, you go first. We actually so what met to look for. What <laughs> we <to>
2: look for. <laughs> because there's because
0: <laughs> Well so we <laughs> you know, we have a tendency to talk at the same time. So we'll okay. usually look to make sure, okay. You going, I'm going, who's who's going? Yeah, okay,
2: so. okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I try I try to make sure that I'm not over talking Ken because I am the chattier one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But no, we met when I was a waitress at Denny's. And he was an officer who came in during his shift. Um he used to work the midnight shift. And so he would come in and I would refuse to take their table because I thought he was a jerk. I thought he was stuck really? up oh Just yeah. Me. Only, me. Only him. Really? Were because- you a jerk?
0: No, I wasn't a jerk. I didn't even know her.
2: She <laughs> he would was made that she he made was. that assumption
0: all by herself.
2: Mm-mm, no, because he actually went to school with one of the servers that was there and I was like, ooh, he's kinda mean. He's he's a little standoffish, you know, I don't I don't really like his attitude. And she was like, Oh yeah, he's always been like that. And I was like, Oh, see? I I already knew. So whenever we no, haven't
0: spoken yet. We we hadn't even spoken yet. I haven't said hi or by So she a- had a
2: perceived uh,
1: yeah, yeah. impression of you before he got yeah. to know you. Yeah, I, was was right. was <laughs> I was right. It was false.
2: I was right. Um, but so I would refuse to take his table with his guys when they would come in and all the guys would get mad because they knew he was the reason why I wouldn't take their table. So,
0: (laughs) so what's
2: that that factual story? That's how it went. So when I ended up taking, (laughs) I ended up taking the table and, um, he, he was standoffish, but he wasn't that bad. He, he, he turned out to be a pretty good guy.
1: So what made you take the table one day? I think
2: I was trying to make my tip quota.
0: All about the money. (laughs) All about the money.
2: She didn't care. And no, he was just one of the things that I really liked about Ken. And this was just in serving him. He used to get the same thing every single time. Like he was very consistent in that. And he was always very polite. Like when I did speak to him, he was very polite. And he would always tip. Like some of the guys might forget and Or maybe they don't tip the right amount that you think you should get. But Ken was always a person who'd make sure that they tipped and he was polite and he would always try to keep the order like super straightforward and to the point. So that was one of the first things that I I noticed about him.
1: So after you got your initial impression and you served, he was he was he was okay.
2: Yeah, he was a pretty cool guy. I was very
1: nice,
0: you know, (laughs) so not to get into too deep of a dive. You know, being a police officer, everybody doesn't like the police, right? So mm-hmm. you got to proceed with caution. And I didn't want to just throw myself out there. So, you know, you got to fill out the, the situation. And uh, okay. I just kept my distance until I realized she was open to a, a conversation, right? I don't want to come in there invading her space and, you know, throw my weight around. So I waited until I knew she was open to a conversation. And then we kind of built up a rapport.
2: Yeah. And we were really just friends. But... Before anything. And um like the one thing later on, as I was working there and they were coming in, I used to walk the midnight shift or the graveyard shift and I would walk to the BART station, which was about two miles away from it where was actually, too far. It, was it was too far. far. And so Kent would actually offer to take me home because he was always like, you know, a lot of truckers come in here. A lot of men come in here and you never know. They could be following you. They could be watching you. It's not very safe for you to be walking by yourself. And so we just built up a cool rapport and we became really good friends.
0: We don't have anything against truckers. No. I was just letting her know.
1: uh, It's not safe for her to walk alone at night. It's not safe
0: to walk alone at
1: nighttime. I, yeah, I see I got your point. So I would have never thought
2: anything about that. <laughs> yeah, no. Nothing against nothing against truckers at all. But he was just saying as a woman it wasn't very safe for me to be walking by myself. So um from there we just we became really good friends. And then I left Denny's and we stayed friends um after that. And then I don't know how we really how did, how did we I like start start dating? dating? <laughs> she tried to
0: sell me life insurance. Oh.
2: really yes 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 really
1: okay after she left
0: after (laughs) she left her job as waitress i i can remember just like yesterday because i was working midnight and she called me and normally you know uh there's certain people we don't answer the phone for right so i was asleep it was morning but i just got off and i saw her name on my phone so i was like she normally didn't call me this time it must be important so i answered the phone and, uh, she's like, Hey, I got this new job and I want to know if I can, you know, do my presentation for you. And I was like, Okay, sure. So we met up a little bit later and, um, she mentioned that, uh, she was no longer in a relationship at the time. And then uh, all of a sudden came up
1: in your insurance, call, in your <laughs> <an> insurance presentation.
0: <laughs> I'm very thorough with my, with my questions. So it came up and then all of a sudden I saw her different. So, uh, you know, yeah, okay. I asked her. We started talking a little, the questions were a little different, you know. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He actually invited me out on a date. Like we'd never gone out. We'd never hung out like by ourselves. We'd kind of talk and, hey, how you doing? Keep it very, you know, platonic. And then once he found out that I was single, it was actually the first time that he invited me on a date, like to the movies. And so I think we just clicked. We don't really have any magical, like, date. We just kind of started one day. (laughs) After the insurance. Right, after my insurance scam. I guess I was after him. I don't know. Maybe I set that up. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) I
1: was like, I don't think I
0: needed any insurance, but you can come over here and talk. So
1: you didn't buy any insurance from her?
0: I did not. I got something better. I got her. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) We just kind of just fell into... Going from friends into dating each other and like we never had an anniversary like, oh, this is our year. This, is our-. If you were to ask us, I have no idea when we just kind of met at that point. And it was the right time and we've never really left each other's space. OK,
1: so the Lean In With The Kings. I know you guys from running, but your blog started from a different concept. It wasn't about fitness. It was about relationships, correct? Mm hmm. Yep. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you started Leaning with the Kings, your blog, and what it means?
0: You know, it's hard. Relationships are hard. And I remember having conversations with my wife about what I thought a relationship would be versus the reality and being unprepared for. You know, I guess we figure there's a stereotype that girls are so fairy tales growing up, but men also. We don't really get taught how to, how to manage a family, how to be a husband either. It's almost like you just, you're expected to figure it out or you just know instinctively what's is false, right? Um, so we're just talking about the misconception mm-hmm. about what relationships really are and what a marriage is and how we wish someone would have told us what it really was going to be like. Mm-hmm. So we could be prepared, have a better understanding versus, you know, going through all these ups and downs and, you know, working through lots of different issues that we even realize we were going to encounter. Because I thought, you know, if you love me, everything will work itself out, and you'll know, right? I don't know how you're going to know, but you'll just know because we love each other and love, you know, fix everything. Yeah, which is absolutely not true. Yeah. So we decided we, you know, to share real stories about real relationship.
2: I uh, yes. <laughs> Great, great answer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just felt like Ken and I would have these
1: early on in
2: our relationship and in our marriage. We'd have these moments where we would be so infuriated with each other because we wanted the other person to understand, and Mm -hmm. there was not enough communication, and not enough trust, and not enough vulnerability for the other person even to like take down their guard to really understand what was going on, right? Or what was happening to the other person. And so it just became us bumping heads all the time. And, you know, there was plenty of times where I was like, what the heck are we doing? Because we would talk to older couples and they would, you know, they continue the fairy tale because we're all told, you know, house business is house business. Your marriage is, you don't take that everywhere else. You don't tell what everything is going on. Well, because nobody is telling us and they're just saying like, oh, it's fine. You'll get over it. And we're not getting over it. Now what do we do? And now we're sitting and looking at each other like, do we try to keep going or do we just make this a business relationship? Do we do we even have a real marriage, right? And like plenty of marriages that happen all over, the, you know, you get to a point where it's make or break. And that's really where Ken and I were. We are at this point where it's like either we're going to figure out what we're doing. And be honest about it and be real about it and fix ourselves individually so we can be stronger together or there's, there's no us. This doesn't work like the way that we're going. And so when we started being open and when we like went to therapy and start reading books, we realized like, wow, we were sold this pipe dream, but no one gave us any kind of inkling of how we were supposed to do this thing. And we're like, if we can create something where couples can see this and go, Oh wow, this is normal these feelings and these actions and all of this that we're going through is normal. And then there's a way to see ourselves through it. Then that was like, okay, we've done our part. We've taken the mask off of like the blinders off and hopefully for another couple too. So that was the thing behind leaning with the Kings. And then with parenting, I think all those parents can get as much help as we can get. I think, yeah, it's a new style of parenting right now. And we're just catching up. So we're really? just highlighting that as well. Oh yeah, parenting. <laughs> parenting is tough. You think marriage is tough? Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't have any kids, but I, I mean, so I I don't know the new versus the old. Although kids are different.
0: They're very different. Very different. Very different. Very different. You know, I, I come from the era of uh, you do as I say, you don't talk back.
1: Back, and I didn't even know what that was, but I knew to shut up when my mother said. <laughs> she, she didn't have to say. She look. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, you know, in in California, it's called corporal punishment. I'm not sure what it's called in in your area, but I mean, it's basically smack a kid, right? So I got that growing up. So I didn't really have to understand everything else being done. I just knew if I did what was not approved, I was going to get something, Mm -hmm. right? A consequence. Mm -hmm. Kids are different these days. So I think we may have spanked our children once or twice in their entire life. Yeah, Everything is about a negotiation and a talk and communication.
2: Do you do timeout or have you done? Do you do timeout? Yeah, we, we've to say that we've tried every single method is an understatement. What we realized, though, is one of the things that Ken and I had to do as parents was stop parenting our children out of trauma. So we had to stop applying the same things that happened to us and hope for a different result, right? So I got beat growing up. I got, you know, go pick your switch. I got it all, right? And because I said, oh, well, I'm not using a switch. I'm using my hand, so that's better. Well, sometimes it's not. You're just, you are, I'm making myself feel better by using a lesser method, but it's not helping the situation. It's still not resolving whatever needs to be resolved. So I think I had to step back as a parent and realize how, what was my parenting style? and why am i doing the things that i'm doing am i doing it out of love and to teach my child or show my child or or am i doing it to mainca- maintain control and so that's been like a really key thing for me but parenting it requires you to use everything like every resource to come up with like the answer that you think is supposed to be simple <laughs> it's a thing and that's why i think leaning with the kings is so important because we get to be honest about how we're doing as parents And not feel like we have to, like, I don't think we say anything revolutionary, but I do think we say things that parents can go, okay, yeah, I don't feel so awkward or bad or not normal for how I respond or or act towards something. So, and
1: as far as the fitness aspect, when did you guys start running together? I love the um, couple's Friday run.
0: (laughs) So, I've always worked out, but I wasn't necessarily a runner. Normally, when I would run, it was for a specific goal, right? Whether it was uh, getting ready for a trip or getting ready for a sporting event. like I used to box and kickbox training um, throughout my adult life. So, you know, that's part of the the training. But when my wife started running, she was an avid runner and she was very talented. Uh, And it was a space that I wanted to share with her. But so when I say share with her, I mean, like, I wanted to spend time with her. I didn't want to interrupt her pattern, her routine. So I thought, well, I'll join you on your run. You go run on Fridays. I'm off on Fridays. I'll go run with you. And and then I quickly realized it was serious business. It wasn't, you know, a couple laps around the track. She was running through the hills, rain or shine, hot or cold. So I had to really step my game up because, you know, uh, she's not playing when she's out there. And I didn't want to cry and complain too much and Take away much. from it. not too much. I mean, some sometimes <laughs> she she do, she's doing a lot, but I wanted to keep up with her and just really enjoy that yeah. moment with her. I didn't want to take away from it, right, so I had to increase my effort. And I had, in the course of that, I became a better runner.
2: We were running together early 2019, and then I think we started posting our runs. I feel like mid 2019 we started posting, or you late posting 2019, shortly
0: thereafter because. Uh, yeah. I think we're just showing another way for couples to have
1: fun.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Can you describe some of the positive aspects that running together has had for you as a couple?
2: Yes. I have gotten to know Ken far better than any date we've ever been on. Uh, As like in date, I mean, like go to the movies, go to dinner, go to, you know, hang out. Running has taught me how to look at ken in a different light i can read his body language i know what his mood's like i know if what he ate the night before was like not the best thing not the healthiest thing because it's, <laughs> it's messing with his run i know like if his mood is off like if he's having a bad day and something's on his mind i could tell by the, his gait and it's crazy like you you would think that oh you're paying attention to each other that much aren't you do because you have to I have to be in communication with him, not always vocally, but through body language to know where he's at on a run. And it, is this run too much? Is he going to you know, be able to make it? Is he can he, you know, is he feeling it so he can go a bit more that day? And so I've just gotten to know Ken on such a level that has surpassed any um, way that I've been able to connect with him prior to running together. I think that's kind of the same for Ken, but for me, I have to say, yeah, I've gotten to know like a lot about this man out here running. <laughs> you
0: know, I I think for me it's uh it's similar but not the same. I learned to have a lot more respect for my wife and her abilities because mm-hmm. like I told you before, she's a very talented runner. I could probably train twenty-four hours a day and have the best nutrition and I still couldn't keep up with her which is one of those things. She's naturally a better runner than, than I am. And for me, that's something that I appreciate because running is difficult. So to see someone excel at it and kind of, you know, have so much more uh, ability ab- ability than I have at, at this physical skill set, uh, it just, you know, it makes me have a lot of respect for her. Uh, we had to switch roles when we run. She's kind of in charge because she has all the experience the ability she knows these trails like the back of her hand so i kind of take her lead where in a lot of situations in our, our normal life i kind of you know i'm not saying i'm in charge we kind of follow my lead out there mm-hmm. it's a role reversal which i think she she kind of appreciates where now she's in charge she's coming up with the runs she's she often comes up with the direction for the uh, video uh roles the reels so mm-hmm. i You know, I think she forced me to get into an uncomfortable spot where I had to really push myself to keep up with her. And I grew from that. And I began to appreciate getting out of my comfort zone. And now I I do it more often and I see the positive results from getting out of my uh, comfort zone. And I owe that all to her. I would never have thought to run through the trails or run more than five miles had I not started joining my wife.
1: Oh, I like that. You love running now.
0: You know, I do I do like to run. I, I guess I'm a person that likes a routine, and I li- I expect to run on Fridays, right? If we're not running, somebody better be sick in the yeah. hospital. You know, there has to be something really going on for us yeah. not to run. I expect to run. My body, you know, we wake up on Fridays. I just know okay, we're going to run, and I do enjoy it. As I've stuck with it, I've gotten better, and I enjoy the uh, progress.
1: So, you, did you recently run a half marathon?
0: No, it was just short of half marathon. I, I ran ten miles, but okay, okay, yeah. Okay. But she's she's helped me train for the a half marathon in March.
2: I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're coaching him. I am coaching him, but I wouldn't say coaching. I feel like that's I am coaching him, but we don't work in a way where I can just throw orders at Ken and he'll do what I say <laughs> when I say. That's not okay. where we're at. But we have a system where I just put everything on the whiteboard. He knows what he has to do. If he tracks well, we move from there. If he doesn't track well, we go in and adjust. And it's really like an honor system, so to speak. And he's done really well. And one thing I want to say, Ken, like all this credit that he's given me, it's like, I love it. Thank you. I'm, I'm learning how to take the compliments and hold on to them. And <laughs> I really love that, what he said, but uh, one of the things about Ken is he came into running for me to spend time with me. And mm-hmm. he went from saying, I'm you know, babe, I, I really only want to do a 5k. Like, that's where I'm at. I'm not trying to do more than that. And then he went from a 5k to running 10 miles. And he was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm cool with the 10 miles. And now he's running a half marathon. So watching my husband progress in the way that he's progressing and fall into it so naturally, whereas before I, I used to be trying to force him and push him. And he'd be pushing back. And finally, I had to put my hands up and go, OK, listen, I respect that you want to go and run your way. I got it. Where you're at, I'm good. So to see him now getting ready to run a half, it's like I'm so proud of him. And it's all him. Like, it's him. So while he's telling me I'm phenomenal at what I do, I think watching his progression is just as phenomenal. It gets me, like, all happy every single time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you.
0: Uh, one of the things I had to realize was I couldn't keep up with her. So okay. I had to just realize that I, I run my own pace and uh, mm-hmm. that helped me tremendously because I didn't realize how fast she was. And I thought, you know, I should be able to keep up with you. You know, I work out and, you know, I'm strong. Uh, you know, that just doesn't matter. Uh, so I, I, ha- I became comfortable finding my own pace and running for myself. And I began to make improvements and actually be more
1: comfortable doing it. Do you ever get questions via your blog or about how, like from couples, how to incorporate fitness into their relationship, into their marriage? Do you ever get questions about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest questions that I get is um, usually one person is more in shape than the other person and they want to figure out how to motivate their partner to, you know, work out with them or do something with them. And my suggestion is you always start where that person's at. So if you're a person that goes to the gym five times a week and you're lifting weights and you're doing all this stuff, um, that's really intimidating, even for your spouse. And so you have to meet them. So that may just mean, hey, you want to go for a walk with me? Let's just do mm-hmm. that. Sometimes if you live near a coffee spot, hey, you want to walk to the coffee, grab some coffee, we'll walk there instead of driving there. You have to do it in small increments. No one's just going to pop out and be like, yeah, let's do 10 miles together. And that was to my detriment because I tried that with Ken. First time he came out with me, I was like, <laughs> cool, let's go. You want to uh, run with me? You're going to run what I run. You're going to do how right I right.
0: do. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, he was like, I'll be at the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just always say start where whoever is the less um, physically active in the relationship, start there. Mm-hmm. And then you will progress and just know like you're going to have disagreements. There's going to be some arguments. You're not always going to get along going out like we had plenty of arguments. We had a
0: lot of fights in the car, in the
2: car, going to the run. (laughs) But we were like, I don't care if we're fighting, like we're still going to do this run. And so there has to be a commitment to do what you say you're going to do together. So that's a lot of the questions that I get.
1: You do a lot of solo runs still.
2: Oh, yeah. I got to have my solo runs. Let me not play. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not even play around
1: <laughs> when we talked before you know you mentioned ken i guess was worried about your safety and kind of helped you come up with some i guess devices or tips so y'all had a plan of basically how you can stay in touch while you're out there out in the middle of nowhere running
2: mm-hmm. yeah this man equipped me with everything <laughs> anything that could be put on my body so that he could find me he went out and uh, researched what to do but yeah I do a lot of solo runs and Ken has been, and maybe this is not the greatest on my part, but because Ken has handled so much of the research and prepping me before I go out, like he knows what all the stuff is. He just gives it to me and tells me how it works. And then I just go from there. Like with like the electronic aspect and the tracking aspect, even the utility taser, he did all the research and taught me how to use it. So yeah.
1: So how did you research all
2: these things?
1: And Are you a techie kind of person or are you just kind of figured it out?
0: I wouldn't say I'm a techie kind of person, but when I have an idea, uh, I like to research it thoroughly. So, you know, I wanted to make sure she was protected from people and the elements out in the wilderness. So she has a couple of things for personal protection. And then she also has things that uh, will help her in case a situation that comes up that she wasn't thinking about, right? So she has like a utility knife, she has flashlight. So she carries a pack, which allows her to bring these things with her mm-hmm. because she takes her filming equipment with her. She has a tripod and it you know, hooks up to her iPhone. So she has a pack. Her pack has water in it.
2: Yep. Water, uh, now, utility um, knife, taser.
0: It's solar powered um, so it, it can charge a uh, phone.
2: And shout out to Northside. That's the pack that I wear most often or really that's my everyday pack now. And their pack has a solar power panel on there. I believe it's 6.5 watts. It comes with a charger, has like the water bladder in it. It's it has a battery included with it for charging your phone in emergencies. It's a great pack. I highly recommend it. Great fit, travels well. Just recently, I had an encounter with a bobcat. I was running passing a water hole. The bobcat was at the water hole. We ran into each other, scared each other. I didn't scream. I knew how to react to what the situation was, but I knew that everything that I had with me, that I would be able to make it out of that situation okay. Whichever way it was going to go, I was like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm prepared out here. So, yeah, safety, not just for people, but for animals as well, is key.
0: There's also, you know, she'll tell me which route she's running and what time she thinks she's going to be done. Okay, So I'll know, like, hey, if it's 3 o'clock, she thought she'd be done by, you know, 245, maybe I should start calling. And that, that will kind of start the whole alarm as something's going wrong, right? So if I call her at 3, 315, 330, she has an answer. I know something. I might need to start heading out to that area. Because when you run trail, I'm sure you know anything can happen. You can twist your ankle. You could fall down the side of a hill. You get attacked by a coyote, a cow. Wow.
1: <laughs> <course I'm> They'd <laughs> be on you. You think. You zip cows, there will be plain, Yes, I think, a cow, I think a cow would be minding its own business or eating grass or whatever. They
0: will no, take you out. No. So I thought that same thing. I was born and raised in Oakland. It's an urban environment, right? We went to a trail, and like my second and third run, I come across a cow. It was a calf, actually. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than me. And we got a standoff because I thought cows would run, too. And he wasn't running. He stood and looked at me, and I'm looking like, I don't know what I should do. He right. was like, what? Yeah, like, should I... <laughs> she's like go toward it and then Dominique came and got me she's like leave that thing alone that thing will hurt you and i was like it's a cow cows run she's like not all cows run from you <laughs> so you need to leave these things alone yeah so uh, for those that don't know you know not all cows i guess are scary or skittish that is
2: a huge thing people think that cows are not aggressive they are very aggressive especially when they have their babies they're not meant to you know like they say if one's aggressive um you should like let the regional park know and they'll let their ranchers know. But I mean, I don't know how much time you're going to have to let somebody know when you're getting charged by a, a cow. But the best thing to do is just take as much space as you need and run around or get around the cows. Yeah.
1: But they don't play. They'll get you. I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever seen a cow on a run. I've seen deer, but I've never seen cows.
0: They don't even move. They They just look at you like, you need to run around me. I'm not moving. <laughs> I swear. It's the weirdest thing ever
1: if i ever run into one i remember that (laughs) i like the way that you um as a couple i'm super single so and i have i have all these hobbies and i think it's important if i ever do ever get in a relationship that the person lets me do things i love and i appreciate the fact that kid although he wasn't a runner. He runs with you, and even though he doesn't always run with you, he supports you. Like when you're out there by yourself, giving you all this equipment, making sure you're safe. Versus saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable with you running. Like you need to stop because I'm sure that happens in some situations, which is probably not a good thing. <laughs>
2: uh, no, um, <laughs> the biggest thing for Ken was because I I started running trail because I had an incident on street, and the incident I was accosted on the street. It was like a guy was popped the curb, got out the whole nine yards. Right. And it wasn't, I didn't feel safe running street. And I wanted a a different avenue because I didn't want to give up running. I love running. And there are a couple of other reasons why I ended up doing trail. But once I got out on trail, I just felt so free out there. It's a different feeling than street. I felt so comfortable and free. I could wear, and I'm not saying that I don't want this to get misinterpreted because I believe women should be able to wear whatever they want to wear when they run. I believe that women should be as comfortable and safe and they should like a woman could run naked. She should not be accosted in any kind of way. Right. Yeah, yeah. You should feel free. So I don't want I don't want to make that yeah. statement. And then people say, oh, well, you're saying how women should. No, I'm just speaking for me. Uh, when I got on a trail, I could wear whatever I wanted to wear. I could have my music on, not have my music on. I wasn't worried about people, and although you are on alert, cause you know, there are so people out there, it was just a different kind of feeling. And I fell in love with that feeling. And I would come back and I would tell Ken just what it was doing for me to be out there. And Ken's like, yeah, that's where serial killers go. And that's like Michael Myers. And what are you doing? Right. <laughs> but instead of telling me I couldn't do it, he went out and he researched and he found the gear and he found all this stuff. And he was like, listen, if you love it and you want to do it, I support you. But here's the compromise: you have to have these particular things at all times for for me to be okay with you being out there. And so I think we just worked together to come up with a plan that we were both okay with, and I was able to keep doing what I love.
1: can appreciate that y'all communicated your issues and compromise, and you do what you love, and Ken is okay with it, and feels like you're safe.
0: Yeah, that's like the simple summary. There was a lot of (laughs) there was a lot of negotiation in there, or back and forth. Yeah. You know, I guess at the end of the day, I never wanted to take anything away from my wife that she loved. I was just concerned about her safety. You know, running through these trails, there's a lot of space out there where it's just you and maybe another person. And no one can see or hear you scream or or help you if something takes place. Right. So that was always on, on my mind and my wife. Whether it comes across through our Instagram
2: or (laughs) everything you can say, (laughs) she kind
0: of throws caution to the wind. You know, it's kind of like she'll figure it out as it goes. And when you're in the middle of nowhere,
1: I I think I understand. I'm kind of like that too. Right. Well,
0: that works when you are in an environment where there's a phone on every corner or, you know, you can run into a storefront. When you're in the middle of nowhere, three or four miles from a parking lot, you kind of can't figure it out as it goes. You need to prepare yourself for the unexpected. Mm -hmm. So that's what we kind of worked on. And then, you know, I just kind of had to have faith. Okay. You know, I love her and I wanted to do what she wants. you know, just, I hope she's prepared for what, what what happens.
2: Yeah. And one of the things that I think Ken has made me very aware of is even though I'm out there and it's wild and it's free, I have to be on alert. Like there, I always say you have to be like, Ears up, eyes open. So no matter how lost I feel like I'm getting out there, or no matter how much like I'm like, oh, I'm in the zone, there has to be a level of alertness. And when something doesn't feel right, I've learned, mm-hmm. especially out on trail, when it doesn't feel right, it's better to turn around. It's better to reroute than to do something that later on you're going to be like, you know what? I should have listened to my instinct. I should have not did, you know, X, Y, and Z. And there have been plenty of runs where like um, if there's wooded areas that I, you know it comes up. This is a wooded area. Well, we have mountain lions, right? I'm not going up there.
1: I heard about mountain lions. I know nothing about when I went skiing because they have them in Wyoming in the summertime. Yeah, and they ate this person's dog, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I don't know anything about mountain lions, but that was like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god.
2: Yeah, you know it's all about listening to your instincts and staying alert out there. And I run with storm. Um, and so Storm has been a great asset. It lets can feel a little bit more safe when I'm out there because Storm is, um, she's eyes and ears that I could never be.
1: Season three, we will continue the new segment called Ask the Doc. If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, Go to my website, www.weoulife.com, click on the tab, voicemail, leave your voicemail, and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the show. So, going back to your discussion about you running... You can't be concerned and you're coming up with a solution. Was that a difficult discussion to have? I know a lot of couples find it hard to actually discuss what the problem is and come up with a solution. It's usually maybe it comes to an argument or it's like you're really not saying how you feel. You'd be like, no, you're just not. You're not doing it without having a discussion and being vulnerable, being open. Did you guys find it difficulty or do you have issues or why did you find, I guess, particularly men I think it's hard for a lot of men to open up and be vulnerable. Um, am I giving you a bad light? Like, can you start smiling when I said that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, when you said particularly for men, I was like, what's coming next?
1: Yeah, I just think I think it is, but um, maybe I'm wrong.
0: So it's two issues. One, I think you're right. Uh, when it comes to certain topics, it is difficult for men to be vulnerable and open up. But when it came to the trail of my wife, there were initially arguments because I think Maybe we were communicating properly. I think there was an assumption that I was trying to control some aspect of her run, I think that she enjoyed. I was trying to control it. I guess I wasn't doing a good job of communicating what my concerns were. And then, you know, after a while of kind of butting heads, we we kind of just talked about it. And I expressed what I was concerned about. And then, you know, she told me kind of like, well, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I was like, "That's that's not a good answer. It was small steps. She initially agreed to take, I think you took the the utility knife Mm -hmm. first because she's kind of thinking like, why would I ever need this? But, you know, she took that first and then um, I think she took the water second because she started running in the heat and she realized, man, I can really get out there and need my water supply. And then it just kind of built up from there. Um, And I think, you know, me just trusting what she says.
2: And the GPS.
0: And then the GPS, right? So it it was like a give and take. I gave a little bit, she reciprocated, and then eventually we kind of started to have that conversation. It was easier. Mm -hmm. because She knew I I wasn't trying to control it.
2: I just wanted her to be safe. Yeah, you know what? Because I felt like if someone's not doing something with you, you go, well, how can you tell me if you're not doing it? You know, like you're not out here. You don't know what it's like out here. I feel fine when I'm out there. So I'm only coming from my perspective and... This was like my baby. This is my thing. I don't want someone coming and telling me how to do my thing. Um, and so it was a compromise and it took a lot of conversations for Ken to understand. And I think one of the biggest things, too, is Ken actually came out with me like that was another thing. And once he came out with me, I felt like, OK, now you understand a little bit so I can take some of your advice. Even with the um, utility knife and the wire cutters, I never thought I was going to need no wire cutters. I got out there and needed some wire cutters. <laughs> so. <laughs> and this is a, a really important one. There was the fires that happened on our end that were, uh, what was that,
0: 2020? 20, 20, well, they have been fires every year in California.
2: Well, no, the big ones that were like covering. That was 2019. 2019, I believe, was like when the big fires were happening. Um, Ken had got me. A fire blanket and like just different things to make it out. And I was like, I'm never going to need this stuff. Well, one of the actual places that I run burnt in the fire and people were actually out there. And so it hit me like that could have been me. That's my trail. That's where I run. And that was like an eye opening experience that yes, I I really do have to be prepared and some things I may not think I'm going to need, but they may actually really come in handy because That entire area burned and they had to go get people and that could have been me out there. So, you know, a lot of things that happened to just make us compromise and have those discussions, but no, it wasn't always easy. But like I said, Ken realized like I had a love for it. And so he just, he did all the research about the stuff.
1: (laughs) Part of my podcast is to feature guests who have overcome obstacles to make it to their finish line. Can you tell me about an obstacle as a couple, whether it be fitness related or any related to anything that you've had to overcome in life?
0: I mean, there have been a couple of things. I think there's been a significant incident every year. Maybe, you know, I guess if I were to talk about the most recent thing, it was probably my mom passing. My mom had cancer and she passed away in October of 2021. And leading up to that, my mom.
1: Sorry to hear that.
0: Thank you. Uh, My mom came to live with us uh, for hospice. And for those of you that don't know, hospice is when, you know, pretty much they say, hey, there's not a lot we can do for you. You need to be comfortable. So they send you to, if you're lucky, I guess, a home that you're comfortable with. If not, go to a hospital, I guess. But um, they they sent her home, and we were tasked with providing care for her. So it was a lot. Uh, a lot of emotion, uh, a lot of stress throughout the whole household because everything changed And dealing with, you know, watching a person die in front of me. You know, it affected everyone in our household, but life didn't stop, right? So I still had to go to work. Kids were still going to school. Yeah. Dominique was still uh, running a business and doing everything and, you know, trying not to, you can't ignore it, but you can't make it the focal point for everything. It's like, the balance shifted every week. Physical fitness was definitely a big part of what allowed us to kind of get the stress off of our shoulders so we can not tear up the household and take it out on one another. We were able to run and kind of, you know, work through those range of emotions. I guess it's called a catharsis, right? We were able to kind of get some of that out so that we didn't direct it in a negative manner toward one another. And then, you know, After my mom transitioned, we had to deal with that, right? So we dealt with the before, and then we dealt with the after. And that was just a huge range of emotions. Um, But, you know, we were able to stick together as a family and uh, prevail.
2: That's right, babe.
0: We did that. We did that. I don't think that really applies to that one, babe.
1: Yes, he <laughs> Well, I think that does. My mother passed away with cancer in October 2008. It's been a long time ago, but I can relate to some of those emotions, depending on the day and the season, they hit me like it's like yesterday. So
0: sorry for your loss. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And
0: uh, from everyone that's talked to me, there really is no time frame where you get over it. So it's still real. Mm-hmm.
2: Last year, I felt like. It's funny because I say it all the time. Going into the year, we were hitting goals. We were knocking stuff out. We were like, we're at the top of our game. Leaning with the Kings is doing amazing. Grow wild. We're, you know, pulling in guests. We're ready to do these interviews. Our personal life, we were just going on all cylinders. And when we got the news about Ma, everything stopped. And then we were hitting other places as well. So I felt like the universe kind of was like, I don't know if you've ever seen the meme where the angel's talking to God and God's like, yeah, I told you to put all that stuff on earth over a course of time. And and the angel's like, oh, I thought you meant all at one time. And I just felt like that's what happened. We just got everything at one time. But Ken and I have built up, I believe a great way of communicating with each other and talking to each other and really just being in a space where We don't try to hold in to be the stronger person. We rely on each other to be the stronger unit. And that's been a huge thing because I'm a very independent person. Ken's a very independent person. And before thrived off being able to like suck it up and be the like the strong one. I don't have to show emotions. I don't have to do any of that. I just need to get what I need to get done. And um, last year, really, it was like that test of how vulnerable you can be with your spouse. to get through something. And people don't attach vulnerability oftentimes to strength. And it took our vulnerability with each other to really come out on the other end of that. So I think that was a huge challenge. And then I would say like Couple Run Friday. It wasn't easy to get Couple Run Friday to where it is now. We, Like I said, we had a lot of fights and arguments and disagreements, hot debates, whatever you want to call it. We had it we decided that our commitment was for each other and to have quality time because as a married couple with children, you don't get that time very often. So when you do, you have to like hold on to it with everything you've got because one day our kids are going to leave. I don't want to look at Ken and be like, who are you? Do I even like you? You know. So, I mean, I think that was a huge uh, obstacle that we, we were able to overcome.
1: So tell me about your podcast. Growing up, wow! I know you have solo episodes, and y'all have y'all tag team some guests.
2: <laughs> yeah, you want to go? Here you go. You yeah, keep you keep throwing it over I the feet. <laughs> poor, poor listeners, like I want
0: to feed off your answer.
2: The, the listeners, like that won't Shut up! She just keep pumping. <laughs> I want the listeners to know I am not cutting Ken off.
0: She's a crack. She's she's much more outspoken than I am. I'm kind of like. I like to be reserved and pick my shots. You know, Dominique has really brought me out of my comfort zone physically. And I guess now with the podcast, because I'm kind of a private person, but you know, she enlightened me on the fact that we need to share certain things because other folks could benefit. when we realized, man, we don't know everything. And why would you ever think that if you did or you're supposed to? So I do try to come out my shell. And like I said, find that growth, uh, being uncomfortable. But for the most part, you know, I like to sit back and cut and watch and observe.
2: Yeah. What's the, what's the one that sprays everything? <laughs> it's like a hose, right? I'm the one who's like the spray setting and Ken's like the sharpshooter. That's the best way to compare it, I guess. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> that, was <a> really good, <laughs> that was a great, uh, wow. great one. Oh, no. <laughs> but for, for, the, for the podcast, that has been just a really Cool opportunity to talk to people and allow them to share their stories that may not have had a chance to get shared. I think sometimes we forget some of the best gems, some of the best pieces of advice come from just the story of the everyday person living life. And, you know, Ken always says this, that I have a magnet for people to start talking to me about their lives, like give me their whole story. And he's like, babe, these people be talking to you and you really be interested. And I do. <laughs> I, do. I don't care how crazy they are. I the craziest say. thing ever.
0: Listen, we can go to the grocery store, okay? We can be in a line at Safeway. And uh Safeway is a major store in California. We can be in Safeway and a person will just look at her and start talking. And before you know it, they're telling her about personal business that you shouldn't <laughs> tell strangers, right? Like you know, kids <laughs> and family and husband and wife. You're like, you like, You're not supposed to be talking to her about this. <laughs> They didn't even know her. <laughs> but they feel comfortable. So I guess one of her talents, I guess.
1: So it's not just on the podcast, it's in the grocery store too. Oh, it,
2: it
0: everywhere.
2: It's it but I love it because I feel like for someone to feel so comfortable to come into a space and be raw with you and, and to be themselves with you and to tell their story in their own words. That's a powerful statement. That's something that's going to help somebody, whether it's like the first listener, the hundredth listener, maybe somebody will hear it three years down the line. And so that's really what Grow While is. It's a space where people can come in and just be their authentic self. Like, cut the facade. Like, I I know all the great politically correct things that you're supposed to say, and that's great. But for Grow Wild, we just want it uncut, be yourself. Let's hear who you really are because that's what people want. And so that's Grow Wild. And so we just want to get it from all different facets, whether it's the fitness community, whether it's the marriage, whether it's family, whether it's a really good story. I want to know and I want to be able to share it.
1: Okay. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Any last minute words of advice for my listeners about running, relationships? I, Trail uh,
0: running. I will go first.
1: Oh. I, I will
2: go first. <laughs> I will go first.
0: So, when it comes to physical fitness, it is good to get out of your comfort zone every now and again. Through the course of my physical fitness journey, you know, I was taught that workouts should suck, right? And be tough and be hard. That works, but maybe you should mix it up, right? Do some stuff that you really enjoy. And you know, also enable some things that are uncomfortable so you can kind of get that growth, right? That's probably going to be the best routine that's going to keep you working out because people can do a lot of stuff for a short period of time. But if you want to have a lifelong fitness journey, you need to mix it up. So do some things that you really like so you can look forward to doing it. And then on other occasions, do something that you don't like as much, but you know you need to do. When it comes to relationships, it sounds really simple, but you need to be honest. Hmm. Uh, We learn the hard way that biting our tongue and letting certain things slide over time. It nurtured resentment hmm. versus just saying how you really felt in the beginning. And then you make that decision if you you know, you know want to deal with it or not. But when you allow a person to, to believe like a facade or a fairy tale, and then you get tired of playing that role and you just, you, you know, you, you blow up. I don't like it when you do that. you like, we've well, been doing this for years. What do you mean you don't like it? Right? If you, you had said it day one, you wouldn't be here two years later. I would say just be honest, but it's really hard to be honest because you don't want the backlash. You don't want the hurt feelings. Maybe you have some insecurities on your own. and You don't want those to be exposed as well. So it's worth it to just be honest.
1: So you're saying I shouldn't bite my tongue. Mm-hmm. You should
0: not bite your tongue. There's always the delivery of the message. Right. But you should be honest because really you be honest with yourself. It took me a long time to learn. That. I'm in my 40s and I realize by being honest with the next person I'm being honest with myself.
1: I can't follow that up with anything. (laughs) That was really, really good. (laughs) It was. It was. It was. I feel enlightened. Honestly, I really do. Oh, I'm serious. You have nothing else to say?
2: I really don't have anything else to
1: say.
2: (laughs) What are you going to say after that? I don't know.
1: Okay,
0: look. There was a quote about nice guys, about nice Mm. people, right? And it said, nice people are some of the angriest people in the world because they can never truly be who they want to be. They're always putting on a show for someone else and not saying how they really feel about things being their authentic self, right? That resonated with me because for a while I was being a nice guy. I didn't like it. Mm. And then I realized, you know, I'm just going to be me. And not everyone can tolerate me, likes me, but that's fine. They're being honest, right? And then I was being honest and I wasn't as angry or upset about things because I would get it off my chest and and be over it.
2: Yeah. Hmm. I think that's amazing answers. The only thing that I would leave guests with is, you know, we always leave with two things. Number one, find your dirt and connect. And I think that is so important. You have to find something that you're passionate about to be able to connect to it because passion drives you. And if your passion ever feels like work, you're doing it wrong, right? Like there's going to be work attached to anything, but find that thing and then connect to it, whether it's fitness, whether it's life, whether it's job, whether it's whatever. And then more importantly than that, be well, you're worthy. Like remember through it all, you're worthy of like the grace to extend your to yourself. You're worthy of the kindness to extend to yourself. You're worthy of the authenticity to extend to yourself. You're worthy and capable of being like the person that you want the world to see you as. So my biggest thing is find your journey and connect. But more importantly, be well. You are worthy.
1: Well, I just want to thank you both for joining me. I really appreciate what you guys do. Hopefully one day i actually meet you in person.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Where do you live? In Chicago. I've never
1: been in Chicago.
2: where have you go, to Chicago. I've been in Chicago a lot. i never been to Chicago. I love Chicago.
1: I love what you guys are doing as far as fitness and as far as community and, and families and, and basically sharing with the world it's okay to be your genuine self. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay mm-hmm. not to be perfect. It's okay to try to figure things out because I feel like too many people, especially in the world of social media, I'm trying to portray this facade like everything is perfect and you got everything figured out. And nine out of 10 people don't. I don't know. It gives me comfort to, to realize there are people out there who are trying to figure it out just like me. So I appreciate it.
2: I don't want anyone to ever look at Ken and I and be like, oh, yeah, they got it. No, we don't. We don't. Today we might. Right. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. <laughs> so, yeah, just best thing you can do is just keep showing up. Stay consistent. It's not with everything.
1: that wraps up this episode of running is cheaper than therapy podcast thank you for tuning in if you already haven't please download running is cheaper than therapy podcast on apple spotify or however you listen to your favorite podcast if you have any questions concerns or possible show topics Please email run is it, Therapy O L V Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's Running is it, Therapy Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life We Love. OUI Life, OUI Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.